All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Did you grow up calling it regular Nintendo? Because that's plain what we Nintendo. It. Plain Nintendo? We called it plain. Nintendo. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. We're we were from different universes. Yep. That's like a bizarro but, world. But the same thing idea. To say to me. Yeah. The same premise. Regular, plain. I asked Jen. She woke up the other day and <laughs> was looking out the window, and I was like, "What's it like outside?" And she just goes. It's plain. <laughs> it's mundane. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> she says such weird stuff this week that has made me laugh so many, like, and I've thought about it a it's couple times. It's ironically made you laugh. Is it? Is it purposeful? No, like, she doesn't realize how funny it is. And, like, yesterday I started washing dishes and I was like, Jen, I'm, I'm washing these dishes for you. And she just came up and started dancing on me and went clean for me clean for me boy <laughs> <laughs> and did not like laugh and i started laughing really hard right being like clean for me clean for me boy right and uh it made her realize that it was really funny and she started laughing it's the same with the plane thing too like later in the day i quoted that back to her and she was like i did say it looked plain outside isn't it extraordinary to be a hundred percent comfortable with a person where you can just just entertain your your craziest, silliest whim. Oh, yeah. Just to do a silly dance or sing a weird melody. 100%. Like Becky always says, whenever I just like sing a weird song, sometimes I just make up songs. Yeah. She'll say, sometimes you've got a song and you've got to spit it out. That's true. And that is true of me, for sure. It's like an Andy, uh, I want to say Dwyer. Yeah, Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec. No, I'm thinking of Andy from, <laughs> I'm thinking of the nerd dog. Andy Bernard. Oh, Andy Bernard. Yeah. Oh, the, two Andys that were. Rita did to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, Sweet 102. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall from How I Met Your Mother does the same thing. Right. He sings songs. They're a good character. You know, that character. Oh, I was going to say that character didn't exist in Friends, but Phoebe was that character. Was a she? A bit. No, because the whole thing about Phoebe is that she sat down and wrote those songs. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't impulsive about it. <laughs> she You're was right. proud of those yeah. songs. Yeah, that was like a polished thing for her. Right. Isn't it extraordinary that Phoebe turned out as normal as she did? Do you in think, in do the you ever, very end of it? Do you ever? Well, just in general, like the whole backstory for Phoebe is heartbreaking, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm, they, they're really actually kind of flippant about some of the things that that has embattled Phoebe Buffay as a younger woman in her in her backstory. Right. But like having witnessed her mom commit suicide and, and she was homeless and she was uh, uh, she was a thug at one time. They went some dark places. Like by the time yeah. How I Met Your Mother came around, they were not allowed to go that dark. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've talked before about how there's lots of stuff that doesn't age well within Friends. That's true. And that's true of How I Met Your Mother too, which was on a whole uh, decade later. Yeah. But, but there was more of a darkness. There, uh, yeah. Less of a darkness to How I Met Your Mother. Like there was like... Ultimately, Phoebe's story is so sad. Well, that and like what uh, Friends had really good writing, but it felt very real. Like the whole what everybody always says, whether or not this is true, what everybody always says about Friends is that it feels like you're one of the friends, and so you're hanging out at the coffee house. Right. That's why it works, I guess, because it's it's mundane. That was the second title, by the way. One of the friends. You're one of the friends. <laughs> one of the friends. <laughs> but how I Met your mother is fantastical. In fact, the premise is this is all a memory. I'm telling you the story as I remember it right. and have chosen to tell you it. Right. So everything that's kind of wacky can be explained through uh, fiction. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's almost like a fairy tale now. It's like a fairy tale. That's the word I'm looking mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. Speaking of fairy tales, uh, I got engaged. 
Yeah. How do we not start with that? I don't know. It's like I feel like I've I've known for such a time. You have. I really. I I should thank you for your support. You've been very good. Oh man, people are excited to support someone who's going to get engaged. There's this is true. Th- there was no weight on me whatsoever. I was happy to be in on it. It was very cool. Well, I was telling Becky about how uh, the four of us went for drinks there a couple of weeks ago. Right. And I explained to her that the inception of that that hangout was to get ring intel yes and that i kind of aborted mission last minute and so we just hung out as friends oh, yeah and, <laughs> and and we thought that the plan was canceled because you guys did yeah because you were like i don't know if there's really any point because i kind of found out her ring size so we're and then the next day you were like so we uh doing drinks tonight <laughs> like, oh all right we're back on well look i still enjoy you guys as people oh i know that's why i was insulted so what I'm finding, <laughs> what I'm finding is uh, I really resent being asked to talk about my engagement with people sure. who I'm not close with. How did you do it? I realize I'm putting the story on the internet right now. <laughs> uh, well, it was just like, it, it was just like a sweet private thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I say when people who I don't think have the right to ask me, ask me that question. What do you say? It's the, I just say, oh, I just did it at home, which is not the answer to the question they were asking. That, no. would, that would be the answer to where did you do it? Right. Oh, I just at home. But that's that's honestly the, the and then, detail they should get. And then usually it's like, but how? Right. And and I have to I have to stifle my urge to be like, none of your fucking business. Yeah. Because it's like one of the most private things I'll ever experience. And like mm-hmm. I think it is normalized through popular culture that this is ever a public thing. Right. That it's ever acceptable to do it publicly. You should tell everyone a different story. That's kind of funny, but that would like, be a lot of work. There was a uh, a ring and a muffin. <laughs> she bit into it. She realized when she chipped her tooth. Oh, it was an accident, and I just went with it. <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> it was I had a confusion another and I was like, ring in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just happened to have a diamond ring that I found. Yeah. It'd be a good way to divert and have some fun with it and see if anyone else talked about it with each other. It's just this weird thing. It's, it's kind of like when people, not that we're getting a lot of this, but... Is when people say like, so when are you going to have kids? Like, are you serious? Like, what world do we live in where that's an acceptable thing to say to a person? Yeah. Especially a person that you've never asked me a personal question before. Yeah. Now you're asking me about kids? Yeah. Me bringing life into this world? And so, uh, so how'd you do it? And then I kind of, I kind of pushed that one away. So when's the big day? I'm getting getting a lot of, so when's the big day? Are you serious? It happened four days ago. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know, and I it's hard for me to say how long after we actually made plans, but it was like a couple months, I think, where we were like, okay, this is going to be if around you, what we're thinking. And you probably do discuss some things immediately. We did, mm-hmm. but like not with a lot of uh, like pen and paper, not with a lot of seriousness. No. And even if you did put some things together pretty quickly, which I imagine probably happens because you, know, you have adrenaline, you're psyched about it. Uh, if you don't have your like invitation yet, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? like, yeah. So when's, and, and the other side of me understands that they're just making conversation because it feels kind of awkward to be like, congratulations. Okay. I'm going to go back to work. You'll That's kind of what I want people to say. You'll get maybe one or two people by the end of it that say, can I come to your wedding? Yeah. We've had one already. Oh, you have yeah, a family member of Becky's said that. And we can't tell if it's like a joking thing because they're not right. close. Oh yeah. Yeah. Isn't that like, why would you even say it? Well, this is where I, I have to assume I'm different from a lot of people because the the entitlement to a wedding invitation mm-hmm. is not something I would ever feel 
for almost anybody. Right. Like, like honestly, like you and I are really good friends. Yeah. If you didn't invite me to your wedding, I would get over that real fast. Yeah. <laughs> I really, no. I really would. I know. Yeah. You I were... don't, I don't want to go to things. No, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm excited for your wedding. I, I don't mean to say otherwise. I'm I more am. thankful that you chose to come to my wedding. Well, okay. I'm really excited for your wedding for mm-hmm. the record. And there are going to be people there who I know, and I know it's going to be fun. And I know my escape. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. And like it, it's it's not even personal to anybody because mm-hmm. a lot of my good friends are getting married in the next couple of years and I'm looking forward to all of those. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some people who eventually I'm going to have to kind of weigh whether or not I want them to come, whether yeah. or not I invite them. And in all of their cases, I don't want to go to their wedding. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at right. it. Right. Yeah. And so, or, or if I was invited, I would resent having to go to their wedding. Yeah. A lot of people feel that way too. And that's why I don't feel bad when I don't invite people. Cause for the most part, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to have to spend money. I don't want to have yeah. to like go there. Give and away like a weekend, frankly, family. give away a weekend. Yeah. Because you're, it, it takes up your whole weekend. It does. Um, but this time, like, so that's kind of the way that I thought about it. Um, but I actually love going to weddings. I'm weird that way. No. Like I get excited for it. You're a wedding superstar. <laughs> well, I had six last year, but so oh, for that reason, I'm kind of over it. I don't think I have another wedding this coming summer, unless you guys end up getting married this summer. 2019? <laughs> no, you're in the clear. <laughs> I figured I was. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, at the Christmas party, at our work Christmas party, when it's mostly young people on the dance floor, get a couple of drinks with me and I will like be silly on a dance floor. Sure. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. When there's like a dance circle and people are randomly pointing at somebody. Yeah. That's when I leave. Right. I, there's no way in hell I'm going to risk you pointing at me. And if you do, yeah. everyone's going to boo because I'm going to walk away. We were playing like a, a spin the bottle drinking game in um, Tremblant. Okay. With this massive group of people where we were just at the bar and people were literally spinning a bottle and whoever it landed on had to go in and had to dance, do their best. Yeah. But everyone was so drunk. They didn't care. I guess. Maybe that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you really just want me get to get there. real belligerent at your wedding. Sure. <laughs> Everyone else will be. That's true. That's true. I think. I, I, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm like, like four stoic? drink kind of guy. No, not stoic. Have you ever but... been a four drink kind of guy at like a major event? Yeah. Not, and I don't mean to say that you're like out of control because you never, <laughs> you never are. You're not a lush, but uh, four drinks is hard to pace. Yeah, sure. I, I I suppose, I mean, probably more than four drinks, but like... Especially since once you have four drinks, you can pretty quickly be convinced to have a fifth and a right. sixth drink and then, on, and then so on. And I guess, I mean, I can be to the point that I can be perceived as a four drink guy all night. Because you're a blast? Yeah, I'm just like feeling feeling good. I'm not heavy. I'm not feeling... I'm just feeling saying it's sick. a long day. I'm sociable. I think because you're going to be so conscious all day... Mm-hmm. You're not going to, so I just think psychologically you're going to have a higher alcohol uh, constitution than you okay. would on any other given day. Yeah. I think that your body is going to do you a favor in that way. That's probably true. I really don't plan on being Don't do like shots. Two. Don't do a lot of shots. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> watch, play this back on May 20th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could happen. We'll see. Mm-hmm. This could be, uh, this could be telling. This could be the beginning of Jen leaving me. Oh God! <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Holy hell! Well, sorry that hit that hit you like really hard. Well, we've really grown it. up on this year podcast, uh-huh. haven't we? We sure did. That's right. We're like the friends. Well, or a, like we, how I met your mother. We both bought houses and got engaged. 
That's true. We were little boys when the podcast started three years ago. We were. I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> I had a paper route. Yeah. <laughs> Mom dropped me off. That's right. There had to be an adult present. Uh-huh. And it was yeah, censored. We had to get our, our moms to sit in the room <laughs> to make sure we weren't doing too racy content. That's true. There was a permission slip with a show show yeah. watermark. <laughs> and now it's X-rated. <laughs> yep. Mom and dad. Mom got kicked out. We're coming up on the three-year anniversary of this podcast in April. Yeah. Oh, what what April is it? Like April 20th? Yeah, what date? What April is it? What April is it? <laughs> is it April 1? Is it April 2? Uh, thereabouts. Okay. It's thereabouts. All right. Yeah. Man, that's exciting. Well, three years. We had our 100th episode. That was a bigger milestone. I, that's, that's, I think, what's detracting from it. Right. But three years, it's a long time. This is a long time to have not grown bored of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to talk about some some entertainment news? Let's get there. It occurs to me that sometimes I like to talk about the Show Show Network, about other podcasts that could exist within our network. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me, along the lines of entertainment, there could be a whole weekly podcast that just discusses buzzworthy trailers that have come out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Because this week, I mean, this week, it was a really intense trailer week, today in particular. Uh Uh-huh. But there's always a couple of trailers that are worth people's anticipation. Yeah. So let's break down a couple of the new ones. As soon as we put out a podcast last week, immediately the Avengers Endgame trailer came out. Yeah. And that's kind of exciting. You saw Infinity War? I saw Infinity War. Which was very good. Yeah. Also hilarious name. Why? Infinity War. Yeah. (laughs) How long is this war going to take? Well, Infinity. Right. And now Marvel has announced that this, uh, up until now, the age of Marvel movies in which we have been thriving Mm -hmm. uh, is referred to by Marvel as the Infinity Age. Okay. (laughs) Which is, they're kind of asking for it because it sure has felt never ending. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so the final installment before we transition into the next phase of Marvel is Endgame. And it does look pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, but it's very silly that people are still out there saying, but what about those people who died at the end? What about what, right. about, what about when they killed Black Panther and Spider-Man? Yeah. I don't think They're so. They're not going to be in it. Yeah, I think they're probably going to be in it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I This is the one that I'm least interested in. Of all the Marvel movies? No. Well, maybe. Of the four trailers that came out this week. Of the four trailers that came out, for sure. Me too, which brings me to Toy Story 4. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about Toy Story. Mm-hmm. When Toy Story 3 was announced, yes. I can't remember when Toy Story 2 was announced. I think mm-hmm. probably we weren't as uh, uh, bitter about sequels in general back in the day. Yeah. Now we are kind of have like a, a, a jadedness about, about sequels. Uh, certainly when Toy Story 3 was announced, a lot of us were like, why? The first two Toy Story movies are perfect. perfect. There's yeah. no way it's going to be good. And then the trailer came out and they used a Randy Newman song called Losing You, which never appeared in the movie. Mm -hmm. Devastating song that he wrote about New Orleans after Katrina. Unbelievably sad song. Mm -hmm. It set us up to believe this movie was probably going to break our hearts. And what did it do? It broke our hearts. Amazing film. Better Mm -hmm. than part two. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah. And so for a decade or uh, ish, Mm -hmm. Toy Story has been a perfect trilogy of films. Yep. And then some time ago, they announced there was going to be a part four. And again, we all went, no, why don't do that? Don't. Yeah. And then the trailer came out this week and they used God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, which is mm-hmm. uh, not only emotionally triggering, I think it's emotionally exploitative. I think that song. Sure. I think there's a, I read this fascinating essay this week about a song. I forget what it was called, but it's like an indie song that has been used in no fewer than like 35 different romantic 
pieces of drama, like either like TV shows or movies or whatever. It's this acoustic indie song that like psychologically makes you cry. Is it like chasing cars or something? No, no. It's a song you would never know to identify because it's kind of an ambient song. Right. It's just a song that This Is Us has used twice. Really? They used it when Jack died and they used it another time. Does it have kind of a building until like a... No, it's it's ethereal. Oh, okay. It's it's like minstrel-esque and it's kind of a falsetto voice and it's, it's ambient and kind of still. And oh, you gotta you gotta show me this after the podcast. I'll see I if I can find know. it. If there's something psychological, like there's something you could study about this song that yeah. is emotionally triggering. Yeah. And this is us is the most emotionally exploitative thing to dominate popular culture right now. Sure. And I think maybe that's where Toy Toy Story is transitioning. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and Pixar in general, in fact, it's not just Toy Story, which was originally fun and uh, uh, sentimental. Right. They, it's like they had that opening vignette from Up. That that was the turning point. Yeah, when Pixar was like, we're gonna try to make people cry. Well, they every they, movie. they made it, and yeah. then everyone was like, I cried, and they were like, Ooh, I like it. Yeah, and <laughs> everyone's even, talking about how they cry. Even Wally was kind of emotional, yep. and then Inside Out, which I thought was overrated, but a lot of people were triggered by that movie. Yep, and uh, not triggered, but they were they responded to that movie, mm-hmm. and. Certainly Toy Story is now this as well. And I think God Only Knows, which by the way, I think is like in the top five most perfect pop songs in the history of popular music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the trailer. And much like Losing You by Randy Newman, I'm not convinced it's going to be in the film. They just knew what they could do to yeah. get us on board. Yeah. Although I must say, I'm a little, at this point, a little tired of the narrative. Okay. The Some, na- somebody needs to be rescued. So, but somebody needs to be rescued. We need to do everything for our owner. Our owner is now different. It's the kid of a kid. It's about making the kid happy. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, and I, I just, I don't know how they make me care as much on this one. Like, fool me three times, shame on me. Right. <laughs> fool me four times, strike three. Yeah, that's, that is how it's said. Mm-hmm. What, what, aren't you, aren't you drawn to Forky? Who's like this new, like folk hero a little (laughs) he's like he's so obsessed with the void and everybody feels like (laughs) we're really drawn to forky yeah okay so he's like kind of existential because he's like what do i mean what am i right i'm and exactly you're a toy i think he's actually a a great addition to the toy story to the manufacture of toy story oh it's it's super interesting if nothing else if it starts well, and here, here's what else. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no. But it's been a reoccurring theme in Toy Story, certainly in Toy Story 2, mm-hmm. definitely Toy Story 2, where we learn that Woody is a collector's item mm-hmm. and Buzz is just another action figure of which they've made right. millions in the stores. Yep. There's, there's, uh, there's something um, oddly cynical about that. If, if we're supposed to relate to these characters, there's many of us. Mm-hmm. Whereas Forky is a craft she made in preschool. He represents individuality. Right. And so I think that's what we're supposed to be connected to right. in 2019. Yeah. Is there something in that or am I just kind of spewing nonsense? I'm going to have to let that marinate for a little bit. I okay. can't, I can't give a qualified answer. And Bo Peep is like uh, this like, Space Cowboy. Now. Yeah, which one? <laughs> where has was Bo Peep gone in the last one? And who no. voiced her? I don't know who voiced her. Okay, it's not anyone. And and who voices Forky? Is it like Richard? Uh, what's his name? Is it Iowati? Richard Kind. Oh, Richard Kind. It does kind of sound like Richard. I, I, it's I not Iowati. It Richard Kind. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. But Bo Peep seems to have a little bit more 
agency in this movie. She's like Indiana Jones now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, I figured you were going to say it was like Julia Roberts or something. No, I don't think so. No. no. You're thinking of Larry Crown with Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts. That's what I'm I always confuse about. those two. <laughs> <laughs> and how about uh, Stranger Things? Is it Larry Crown or Thomas Crown? It's Larry Crown. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah, but there there is the Thomas Crown Thomas affair. Thomas Crown affair, but it's Larry Crown. The one with the, with the moped? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm lost on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me on this one. Okay, I will. I will. Stranger Things 3, the trailer came out. Yes. And I don't think I could have anticipated liking that trailer as much as I did. I sat, yeah. I sat alone in the studio and like squealed. I was like giddy. Yeah. yeah. This one looks really good. And spe- I mean, I thought set 2 was really good. Oh but. my God. Stranger Things 2 was phenomenal. Yeah. It had no business having such a good second season. And it, it ended on such a great note. Yeah. But now they They're look like, older, eh? They've gotten older. Now they look older. They're like having slumber parties and stuff. It's a big theme in it, too. I think so. We can't just like hang out in the basement and play like, Dungeons and Dragons We're grown-ups now. Well, and haven't they? <laughs> They're only houses and having kids. Right, but they. I think they've earned the right to be grown-ups, but also they've earned the right sure. to play games if they want because they've they've experienced a lot. Totally. It looks like Steve Harrington might, might come up against some danger in this season. Yeah. Yep. They really want to fuck with our emotions. They'd kill off Steve Harrington. I'm surprised that the... Uh, brother of the red haired chick is still in it like he plays like a he lifeguard s- he or something like a miss in season two didn't he, he? he seemed like that was his storyline he got beat now he's gone well that and they had to kind of fill the bully role after steve became the most likable character in the show right uh but i mean there's also there's backstory that was hinted upon in season two about him being kind of abused and like uh, okay. Remember his dad was a piece of shit? Yes. Yep. So they can expound on that a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I'm I'm excited about that one. I think it went, well, we're going to talk about Once Upon a Time in Mexico next. Hold on to it in Hollywood, but hold on to it. Okay. I, I just wanted to make one more point about this trailer, sure. Stranger Things, because of what we just talked about with Toy Story. Okay. They used Baba O'Reilly, which again- They did. Is- a, a deeply emotionally exploitative song. And it wasn't around the same period at all. Like, at least they started with... Um, Bob O'Reilly was like 1979, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then what was the what was the first song that they entered with? It was very... Oh. The first song they ever entered with? Right. No, it was um, the Motley Crue song, Home Sweet Home. Was it Home Sweet Home? Like, I'm on my way. Was that really it? The piano that opens up with it. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of like righteous. Okay, this is the the right era of song, kind of like mid to late '80s. Mm -hmm. And then they went into Bob O'Reilly, and it kind of lost me. It didn't lose me, but it seemed obvious to me. Yeah, it seemed like. Like if they had used under pressure, I would have felt the same. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is just a song right. literally everybody loves. Yeah. Like everybody feels like sticking their head out of the sunroof when the song plays. Yeah. And it should have been like, here in my car, I feel safest. <laughs> <laughs> just something like really tonally off. What'd you think of the new Demogorgon? Oh yeah, it looks looked like, like a like dinosaur the, the or something. Demogorgon on steroids. Yeah. Fat Demogorgon. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, that seems scary. It also seemed like there were potentially some some other things happening in it is it all demogorgon is it all upside down or is there oh, other sort of I, don't, I think it's never any. even stranger things i think it's i think i read somewhere that it's not going to be centered around will byers this year which is probably good give the kid a break right and we hope that the prequel will be called strange things <laughs> right 
cute. Yeah. <laughs> Or just things. Things. Right. Things. Right. Stranger things. <laughs> strangest things. Right. And those, I can't were, those even, were some strange things. And then I can't even believe how strange <laughs> things are getting. <laughs> yeah. Never thought things could be this strange. So that comes out July 4th, which is still a bit of a wait. That's like two years after season two came out. Yeah, that's uh, that's good right after Game of Thrones. Can I tell you something? Yeah. So we got engaged last year on April 14th. April 14th this year is when Game of Thrones starts. Oh, wow. Do you know what day the Game of Thrones finale is on? Your wedding day? Yes. No kidding. And I am nervous to tell people that. Why? Because it's going to kind of dominate our... If I was going to a wedding mm-hmm. and Stranger or Stranger Things and Game of Thrones, the finale was happening that night. Oh, I hear you. It would... I would say maybe I'll go home for a bit. Holy shit. And watch that. Or maybe I will leave early. So we're going to try to institute like a, Do you think that's why the venue is available? Well, it's a Sunday. <laughs> that's true. Like we picked a fucking Sunday. Which we're is the weird only on ones who would ever. Yeah. Well, because the Monday's weekend. off. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, buddy. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Well, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I'll be at your wedding. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just. Might be an empty dance floor. I'm wondering if people will take off early or, you know, if spoilers will come up or if we'll have to institute a no talking about Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm fine if people talk about it. I'm I'm actually kind of jazzed up. Like, No, I I actually think that's a good idea. I think that it can be a running gag throughout the night. Like somebody gets up to the, whoever the MC is, gets up and is like... Okay, there's a couple rules tonight. You know, you've got to like clink glasses and it's like, we're here to have a good time. Yeah. Like no drinking and driving. And by the way, nobody talk about Game of Thrones. If, like, an, if anyone spoils Game of Thrones, like... on This becomes well, a red wedding. It becomes a red wedding. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, no, this is okay. This is all right. Yeah. It's a good distraction, actually. And then people can watch Game of Thrones when they're hungover the next day. You, I was considering making a joke like... I know, guys, it's the finale of Game of Thrones tonight. Uh, if you don't watch Game of Thrones, um, kindly leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I guess I won't have to come then. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Right. Oh, that is interesting. Did I ever tell you about... This is kind of apropos of nothing, except sure. for that um, it, it has to do with uh, releases and instances pop culturally and uh, significant dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an existential crisis when I turned 18, not because I was legally an adult and that was confounding, but because that was the same day uh, John Hughes died. Oh, and for some I reason, I, I convinced myself that it was significant that this guy who made his career writing about like young people, yep. that I wasn't a child anymore, when really, of course, I was still a child. <laughs> right. But like, that was a real thing. I was like, I remember talking to my friends about it, being like, isn't it crazy that John Hughes died on my 18th birthday? And they're like, no. <laughs> you were like, it's just like that movie, 18 Candles. And they're like, that's not a movie, <laughs> sweets. <laughs> it was pretty close, though. Yeah, true. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. So this is the one that I'm most excited about. Sure. But the, it, it was a teaser trailer. Like it revealed so little about what the it it revealed aesthetic. Yeah. It revealed tone. Tone. It revealed a bit of of uh, perception of character, I guess. Yeah. Now, are they playing real people or like ba- basically real people? Like, are they are they versions of real people? I'm not sure. I'm really not qualified to say. But yeah. Do you think like? one of them's supposed to be playing like a Dennis Hopper kind of. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I really don't know. 
It, it really reminded me how much I miss Brad Pitt. I haven't seen a good Brad Pitt movie in too mm. long. I think this movie is, I hope this movie is good. Like, I really hope this Tarantino movie does not let me down. Has he ever let you down? No, hatefully, it was underwhelming. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I haven't, it's probably the one Tarantino movie I haven't watched more than once. Okay. So, yeah. This will be the ninth movie of his 10 movies that he promised he was going to make. Can I confidently go to this without having to worry about somebody's throat getting slit or. No, no, of course I, not. You're probably right, eh? Yeah. Especially since there's like Manson stuff in this movie. But it just yeah. looks like it's a Hollywood, like, period piece. Mm-hmm. No, I think there's going to be some hardcore violence in it. Yeah, maybe you're right. It would almost be unbelievable if there wasn't. Well, I don't expect it not to be violent, Mm -hmm. but I don't want it to be disturbingly gory. Oh, no. Gore. I I suppose gore is more what I meant. Yeah, I know. I saw Django Unchained. Did you? We watched it together. Oh, yeah. And you got through that okay, right? Yeah, I I definitely averted my eyes some. Yeah. But, uh, But that's fine. Won't be more gory than that. That's what I think, too. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, if a thing is good, mm-hmm. I'll ultimately come away from it going, oh, that was gross, but it was so good. Yeah. I'll never be like, I hate this movie. Right. You know what movie I hated and it was gory? It's Drive. Everybody is like this noir movie with mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling. I thought it was stupid and overrated, and it was egregiously gory. Everyone I went with definitely thought it was stupid. Yeah. It is uh, stupid. And I, uh, I remember really trying to come away with a positive point about it, but in the end... No one's really talking about driving. You've always been that guy. I've always been that. I'm I'm trying to give it the benefit of the dip. Doesn't it kind of feel like we've already had Leo and Brad Pitt together, and I don't think we have? Why is that? Uh, they seem so... Uh, they're both like A-star yeah. dudes. Right. So maybe it's just because we kind of associate them with each other. It's almost like, a, oh, if you got like Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio right. or something. It's almost like only Quentin Tarantino could get them both. Yeah. Because they would otherwise carry the movie themselves yeah them margot robbie who else margot robbie 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 it's robbie robbie um who else is in that i don't know off the top of my head the cast is like stacked that way again not shocking yeah it's gonna be a good one i think it's gonna be a good one okay uh did you know that blackish was getting a prequel i wrote on my phone blackish prequel comma come the fuck on (laughs) what what was the other sequel to Blackish? Grownish. Grownish. Did Where that, she goes to school. Did that continue on? I think so, but I it was never going to be on. Like, is Blackish on ABC? Yes. Like, the sequel wasn't. It was on, like, CW or something. Some Disney owned yeah. streaming service. And so I think this one is too. Okay. But doesn't it seem like they're growing the Blackish cinematic universe a little bit too deeply? And what is the Blackish prequel called? Uh, I don't know if we know yet. Uh, okay childish childish is it actually called childish it might be (laughs) either either it's obviously childish or i did hear in fact that it's childish okay it's kind of the right name for it child dot ish could it just be called black (laughs) (laughs) things things yeah (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah i'm with you then later on it's blackish blackish right i don't know we talked about blackish on the podcast right mm-hmm. we did blackish and grownish together yes which means we're gonna have to do a friggin' childish podcast i think we made a joke about grownish being spelt with an o-a-n we can't be the only <laughs> ones to have done that no. uh okay speaking of uh grony sitcoms the big bang theory finale is nigh okay 
they're charging $1.5 million per 30 second commercial spot. I don't know if that's significant. Like, I don't know what they charge for a Super Bowl commercial. A lot of people are going to watch the Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. finale for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I don't even know what the stakes are right now. I don't even know what we're building up to. Yeah. Because it seems like they've like married them all off. And <laughs> yeah, what is someone in the hospital? Is something in jeopardy? Right. Like what? What is the final stake there? It would be. Is there a love story that's potentially not? There probably is, but I I feel like they're all married off. Like Leonard and Penny are are married now, and Sheldon and Amy are married, and Uh, the other two are married. Yeah. (laughs) What is it? Bernadette and uh, and Wallowitz. Wallowitz. Solomon. (laughs) Wallowitz. Wallowitz. Yeah. You know what they should do? They should have the finale set in. A cafe and don't stop believing is playing. Oh, and you know what else? And happens. the year is 2027. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They've moved to the future. I like it. Well, I mean, is there going to be a big, bang, a big Bang Theory uh, spinoff? If there isn't, this would be the first time a sitcom ran that long and didn't have a spinoff. Well, there already is a spinoff. Oh, you're right, Young Sheldon. <laughs> oh yeah, stupid Sheldon. But maybe there's another one. Yeah, maybe Young. Well, how long before Young, young Leonard, Leonard becomes a character in Young Sheldon? Ah, uh, you've got to be kidding me. It's gonna happen. Or maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. There'll be a, like a spelling bee final or something. Yep. Yep. Some you sort of a science could not convention. have given a better example. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They go to the first Comic Con or something. Yeah. Exactly. Right. What's your name? I'm Leonard, and that'll be like on all of the. It'll be. Some huge like Super Bowl weekend, and you'll just see clips of the "I'm Leonard" like right. fifty times. Yeah, where it all began. We dread it, and <laughs> it hasn't even been announced yet. Did you see Dave Blankenship died? Nope. Who's who is uh who is said person? So he was heavily featured in the History Channel's Curse of Oak oh, Island. Yes, right. And so he is now the seventh person to die in relation to Oak Island. Right. Except he was coming- like. 80, yeah, he just died it? of natural causes, I okay. think. Yeah. Uh, but some people are like, that's the seventh death. We're going to find the gold. <laughs> we were waiting for seven. Yeah. That was, the, that was the prophecy. Oh, seriously? Seven people must die before you will find our Oh, my God. If the history, booty. If the history channel. <laughs> Found it. Found the booty. <laughs> if the history channel. Oak Island was shaped like a big ass all along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get in that booty. Uh, and what we found at the end of the day was that the real treasure was love. <laughs> the real treasure was the seven people that we lost. <laughs> the friends we made along the way. Yeah, exactly. And all that crown royal. The journey is the reward. Do you have any thoughts on Oak Island? Um, About two years ago, I got like really into the weeds on Oak Island. by the ocean. <laughs> what? Oh, it's, this is... No. <laughs> Inside joke alert. Uh, two people will get it. That's right. The only two people. Um... It's like two years ago, I got I got really into Oak Island, but not the TV show. Mm-hmm. Like I read articles and stuff. Yeah. And I, at the time, I knew a lot to know about Oak Island, and now it's kind of all washed away, so to speak. Sure. Um, Probably not bad. Do you believe that there is a a treasure there to be found? Um. No, not really. No. No. Why is that so hard to believe? I well, I don't think that you could convince me right now. I'm down. I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not passionate about this. All right, maybe this about is... this belief. All right, this is a non-starter then. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I sh- I should take a side. Well, you can't tell me <laughs> that pirates. Yeah, you can. They were pirates. Gold. Captain Kidd. There. Okay. Well. <laughs> all right. Let me. In that case, Captain try to Kidd. form another argument. <laughs> Did you hear about Guardians of the Galaxy? No. 
This was not. This was not expected. Uh, James Gunn reinstated as the director of Guardians. Of the oh Galaxy 3. shit! <laughs> yeah. What was the other thing he was? Uh, He's still doing directing? Suicide Squad too. Right. In fact, it's a reboot. Okay. Some of the same cast, but they're like, forget the other one happened. Right. And he's okay. doing that. And then he's moving on to, to Guardians 3. And it's kind of it's kind of like Disney or Marvel or whoever is in charge was basically like, look, sit tight. We'll hire you in six months. Gotcha. I think that might have been what happened. Right. There's a changing of the guard and it'll be fine when we bring you back. Right. Yeah. I think maybe that's what it was. Awesome. I think ultimately, like, and obviously those tweets that he sent, because they were like, pedophilia jokes i think right on twitter those are not good jokes and they weren't funny but that's why what lost him the job in the first place and right. and disney knew about them because he had already apologized for them years previous and mm-hmm. it was it was all kind of weird what happened and it was right in the heart of like me too um ending someone's career every other day yeah um and so it just kind of felt weird and now i kind of think that he's more famous than ever now he's like a, a folk hero yeah I definitely did not know the name James Gunn, you know, three years ago. Yeah. And what else has he done? Remind me again. I'm sorry. I ask this, I think, every time it's on the podcast. Jeez, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> what? <laughs> why do we care about him? Why, why is he so he, he made, transcendent? Well, he made Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So he was the first Guardians. Director. Yeah, he did the whole trilogy. That's why people are protected. Oh, him, Because it's his trilogy. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> What else did he do? Ah! Uh, Scooby Doo. <laughs> so, okay. So you just thought that he was just some new hired gun, so to speak. <laughs> no, I. Well, who they brought in from Scooby Doo? Well, that was the way. Like, what else has he done? I thought you were gonna say like, oh, well, he's done the I'm other. Sorry, Guardians I just movies. thought it was understood that it was his series that he got fired from. No, I don't think entirely. But people didn't love the second Guardians of the Galaxy that much, did they? You didn't see it? No, I didn't see it. But the first one was great. Yeah. And the second one was not offensive. No, the second one was good, but you didn't watch it. No, I think the, the second one didn't trouble people. No. no. Nobody was like, bah. No, no. No, not at all. I actually really liked it. Well, there you go. Yeah. So you're rooting for James Gunn. <laughs> I am. I you should know. really see Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know how much I was rooting Maybe for Maybe you'd Gunn. like Scooby-Doo. I probably would. The show One Day at a Time, which is in itself a reboot of One Day at a Time or, or whatever, on Netflix, yes. got canceled last week. That was like loved by people. Well, so this is the weird thing with uh, with Netflix. They tried something a little bit different with this cancellation. Mm-hmm. In so many cases, they just like got a show, whether it's uh, a Marvel, uh, Jessica Jones or, or whatever it is. And they just kind of like cancel a show. And because they were never forthcoming with their ratings, people feel uh, suspect. I mm-hmm. think people are a little suspicious of like why this thing happened to the show that they love. And a thing that I think culturally people are understanding less than ever for some reason mm-hmm. is that shows only get canceled because they're not working financially. Right. I, I don't understand. And I've talked about that on the podcast before too. Why would you cancel a good show? Are you new? New show, whether or not a show is new has nothing to do with whether it's on. Yeah. You must understand that. Um, and so I have no doubt that One Day at a Time was was good uh, but they tried something a little bit different and they they were forthcoming. And they tweeted, uh, we regret to inform uh, its viewers that one day at a time uh, has to be canceled. We tried everything we could, but at the end of the day, just not enough people watched it. Okay. And that's what they said. Right. And they never allude to viewership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even still, there grew this hashtag campaign about save one day at a well, time. I watched it. 
and Linda. They're like, well, we Miranda know who is like trying to because he say he he has this idea that he saved Brooklyn Nine Nine, and so you know he's like the show hero. He thinks that. No, he doesn't think that. Okay. But but to be fair, like pretty much any time Andy Samberg or one of these people goes on a talk show, it's like, and we have Mark Hamill and Lin Manuel Miranda to thank. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It happens quite a bit. I didn't know that. Was Mark Hamill, did he have anything to do with Yeah, he definitely Brooklyn led Nine-Nine? the Bring Back 9-9 Brigade. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. And Lin-Manuel was in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine this year. As a result of his open fanhood. Yeah. And yeah. he was he played a great part, too. It I wasn't heard about like, it. Yeah. Yeah. It was solid. So anyway, now people are like trying to band behind uh, one day at a time. And here's the other thing that I find a little bit frustrating. It seems like... Even though it's good that Brooklyn Nine-Nine got saved, now it's understood by the culture that another network can pick a show up. Right. And that's happened we before. We save it. It's not like it's the we... first time it happened. Mm-hmm. In the past, uh, networks have, or like tinier networks have picked stuff up because it's already off and running. Yeah. They don't have to spend as much money on it. But now, because that happens so, in such a big way, now everyone's, when a show gets canceled, we'll hope Netflix picks it up. Oh, well, maybe Hulu will pick it up. Right. No, it doesn't make money. Like this, that was that was a huge anomaly. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that the show you liked got canceled. But that's been happening since the fifties. Yeah, it's a business. You're really frustrated when people start. It's entitlement to me. It's right. it's people feel like like their viewership is all that matters, mm-hmm. and that's an entitlement. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like that, like people feel very strongly about Game of Thrones. So I feel that strongly about one day at a time. How come Game of Thrones gets all this attention? I think because lots yeah. of people feel that way. I think it's yeah, your finger is so strongly on the pulse that you can't ignore it. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I need to back off. I can really ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Must be oh, nice to be there's you. One thing I can do: blissful ignorance. You know what it is? I'm the happy idiot. So uh, we have a replacement for Carson Daly. Oh, can I guess? If you want. Um. Was he on any any reality show previously? No. Well, no. Former actor? Mm-mm. Is it Nick Lachey? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Oh, am I actually right? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, wait. Let me keep guessing. Can you, can you imagine the executive meeting that would have to occur <laughs> where they arrive at Nick Lachey's our guy? <laughs> Nick Lachey should be it. Okay, uh, give me a popularity level. Oh, like like, like the Kathy, Kathy Griffin's alphabet list? Like the R list. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, the R list. You're not going to get it. Age range? I think like 30s. I think early 30s probably. Female. Female. And she hasn't been on any reality shows. I don't think so. I don't know why that's your <laughs> that's your pool. Yes, so no reality shows. <laughs> oh, that really cuts back my guesses. <laughs> Is she an actor? I think so, yeah. Okay. Is it... Is she a child actor? Former child actor? No. Current actor. God, this is tough. Her name is Lily Singh. Do you know who that is? I do not, I do not have any so idea. So Lily, Lily Singh is. is famous from her YouTube channel. She has over 4 billion hits on YouTube. Wow. Uh, she's just like a vlogger who wow. got a late night talk show. She is the first uh, Canadian network late night talk show host. 
She's the first uh, late night talk show host on a network who is of Indian descent. So she's a Canadian or she's, she's on a she's, Canadian network? No, she's Canadian Indian. She's, she's on NBC. She, right, she's okay. getting Carson Daly's spot. Wow. She's Canadian Indian. And she's a woman. And <laughs> which is I good. Figured. Which is good for, for for shaking things up. That's true. So what is her big thing on like what is she? I don't know. I haven't do. really checked out her YouTube. She was on Jimmy Fallon. She announced it on Jimmy Fallon last week. Mm-hmm. And she seemed really cool. Like I don't know anything about her, but she was really fun and like full of energy like i'm excited for her show which starts in in september i think that's it's, cool it's called a little late with lily a little late with lily yeah okay i i was really thinking you were gonna be like oh you know she like uh beatboxes in cantonese and that's like her big thing <laughs> maybe she does maybe she check does. out her youtube channel multi-talented you wouldn't be the first but it's interesting. Like this is a person who got famous with the internet mm-hmm. and now has a talk show in like the most mainstream place, which by the way, runs their shows on YouTube uh, hits. Yeah. Like that's, that's not an accident. Like both no. Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers have way bigger viewership on YouTube than they do on television. I'm kind of surprised at how astute that was of whoever ended up hiring them. You're probably right. It is kind of funny. Speaking of late night talk show hosts, uh, James Corden's going to host the Tonys. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't, I don't like James Corden. No. No. You're all out on James Corden. I, I bet he's an asshole. Whoa. Doesn't he seem like he'd be an asshole? Uh, I don't know. I No, I don't think so. I think he'd be an asshole. Probably. You know what? I'd probably, if I walked into him, I Join me wouldn't here. care about Join being Join me. It's really nice to just... just just yeah. decide yeah, upon screw it. Screw that guy. Commit to it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's hanging out with Paul McCartney and he thinks he's better than us. He does. Yeah. He does. Uh, he said that to me. I uh, well, I'm sure that it was part of the vibe that he it's the same as the person that uh said they wanted one day at a time to continue off. <laughs> That's all the same. You're guy. like, they're saying they're better than me. <laughs> I really just I have a, clearly an inferiority complex. I don't like to be talked down to. Let's talk about shows. <laughs> Which show do you want to recap? I would like to recap Shrill. Okay. Okay. Shrill is the new show from A.D. Bryant on Hulu, executive produced by Lauren Michaels and uh, Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Oh, and interesting. You can recap the pilot episode. What's what's her character's name in it? Let's call her A.D. All right. A.D. In three, two, one, go. So, AD is uh, working at a writing agency, kind of like Vice. Yep. Um, they, uh, she is kind of seeing this guy on the side. She gets pregnant uh, with this guy who doesn't really give a shit about her. Uh, all throughout the show, there's references to uh, how people perceive her weight-wise. And by the end, she finally stands up for herself, gets an abortion, bails on the guy, and kind of wants to start anew and thinks, you know what? I want to be fine. Can you believe how quickly they jumped into a serious storyline? Yeah. Like when she thinks she's pregnant halfway through the show, is like, but she's not. Right. She and she right here? is and gets an abortion in the show. I'm like, in the pilot did episode. We, we did the whole Obvious Child episode. Or like, yeah. Remember the movie Obvious Child? Jenny Slate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Well, that was like the whole movie was her like getting an abortion and dealing with it. It's kind of cool because like my initial instinct, and maybe this is a problem within me, but my initial instinct is like, oh, they're trying to do the next girls. Oh, I don't think so. 
Well, I quickly abandoned that yeah, thought right. uh, because it, it's like the characters are likable and they're good people, mm-hmm. um, but the show in itself is cynical yeah, for sure, or, or at least it's like trying to show you what it's like to have this experience, which you might not be familiar with, right? Which is as and I'm going to use A.D. Bryant's word as a fat woman, right? Um, but I also think that some of the characters who are used to illustrate that, mm-hmm. for example, her boss at the Alt Weekly, yeah, or the the fitness instructor who she runs into a couple of times at the coffee shop. Get tone, Tanya. There are obviously horrible and judgmental people who mm-hmm. criticize overweight people. Yeah. Uh, or just people who talk down to others. Right. But they were so on the nose judgmental of her and openly so. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the, like, can you, do you think that someone has told A.D. Bryant, you remind me of Rosie O'Donnell? That's, I had a problem with that too. Yeah. Oh, but do you think no one has said that to her? Because I could see, you know, her walking around New York. Someone would be like, you're as funny as Rosie O'Donnell. And she'd be like, why'd you pick Rosie O'Donnell? I know. <laughs> I, 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 I have no idea. Yeah. I can't say. Okay. I, I don't know. It, it's very hard for me to imagine that. Yeah. But that's, but that's me. I, I, it's just because I don't have that experience. Mm-hmm. It seems crazy to me that someone would say that and not realize what they're obviously exposing about themselves. <laughs> right. yeah. It seems crazy how... Uh, oblivious some people can be but i guess people are oblivious mm-hmm. yeah i uh i thought i don't know i i kind of uh i didn't think it was too over the top oddly enough and and i think maybe it was but right but i i don't know i was on board on board for the ride i liked it a lot her her boyfriend or her the guy she hooks up with a lot yeah he's another one who's like so he sucks and he's a lot of guys i'm sure mm-hmm. uh but he was a caricature, you know what I mean? Like he could have been a shitty guy who she ultimately is like, no, I'm not going to settle for you anymore and yeah. still had a few more layers. Yeah. But like, I'm getting a little bit tired. <laughs> this is such a privileged thing to say. It's such a white boy thing to say, but I'm getting a little bit tired of this contempt that the podcast generation has with guys who do podcasts. Like the uh, fact, like the fact that yeah. he has an Alcatraz podcast with his buddies, yeah. is used to illustrate what a loser he is. Well, I think it's because he's clearly not doing anything else. And you know, like, I guess, have you seen the people that say, "Hey, I'm going to start a podcast." What are things that people want to hear about? Because I've seen that on my Facebook page probably five times within the last year. That is an instinct. And, it's a real thing. And I don't think that the people actually follow through with it, which is one. Yeah. And not that I can really speak because you're, you are the engine behind this podcast. Let's be honest. Okay. But like he, in the show, he is doing the podcast. Like at least he is committing his time to, he has his friends over and they're trying to record an episode. Yep. Like he's not, he's not like just always talking about starting a podcast. Sure. He has one. I just think it it could be an issue of like, maybe there's no stick to itiveness. Maybe he's trying different things all the time, but not sticking with one. And this is the incident of him doing the talk and trash podcast. Talking trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's also revealed at the end that he has a 14-year-old son. Yes. With another woman who she... And she's been sleeping with him for six months, I think she says. Yes. And she doesn't know this at all. Right. And he's like, yeah, he's with uh, his mom and stepdad in Vancouver, which makes him seem even more like a piece of shit. It does make he's him... not doing anything. Nothing. He's such a loser. Yeah. What did you think of her roommate slash BFF? She felt a little bit... I feel like I'm trashing the show, which I actually really like the show. Okay. Um, but... Just to be a little bit nitpicky, she also kind of felt like a type. 
A little contrived. A little contrived, like just the lesbian best friend who's Maybe just gonna a- say like open and like she's a super player. Like lesbian players is a is a hard B character in R rated TV shows. Right. They did it in um uh Master of None. Yes. For sure. Almost to a point where it's like Lena Wade. Okay. She's such a rock star though. She's so great. She yeah. she elevated that for sure. Definitely. And, and this person, this character is she had good lines i guess and she's mm-hmm. compassionate and they like love each other so they can grow that relationship but she has like a sticker on her vanity mirror that's like too gay to stay or something oh it's, really yeah it's, i wrote it down here somewhere uh kiss me i'm gay oh, okay okay as if it wasn't clear enough right you know yeah um yeah sometimes shows will do that especially in the first episode where they really just spoon feed everything to people to let them know. Yeah, this is this is what this character is all about. There is some there is some exposition. I think I actually wrote that down. Oh yeah, she, when she goes over and she's like, they she hooks up with her boyfriend on her lunch break, and she's like, "So are you working at the hardware store later?" I was uh, like, "Oh, right. okay." So now he works at the hardware store, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, I totally missed that. I didn't know what he did. Okay, he works at a hardware store. John okay. Cameron Mitchell, who plays her boss at the paper. What's he from? I don't know, but he has Ed Norton's voice, man. His voice is oh, just yeah. Edward Norton's voice. Yeah. Like to a to a staggering degree, it's Ed Norton's voice. I thought like, is he like a former Canadian actor slash comedian or was he the one of the lead singers of Gob or something? <laughs> but he gave up the grudge. And now yeah, he's... exactly. Yeah. No, I don't, uh, I don't really recognize him from anything. Okay. He was also a little over the top for me. Oh yeah, definitely. A little much. Definitely. And, and that's an overused character. Right. The boss that's like, finally, you're a bitch. Yeah. I'm down with you to do something. So it's based on uh, a memoir called Shrill Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West. And okay. I don't really get from this character that she is a loud woman. No, she seems more timid, if anything else. Yeah. But it might be working up to something or, or written through A.D. Bryant's interpretation yeah. to be a little bit more relatable to her. Mm-hmm. Well, Jen was kind of saying, like, is this supposed to be autobiographical? And I said, I think she's like loosely basing it on experiences from her life. I guess, but she's not shrill. No, she's not shrill. You're right. Maybe a poor name. Maybe so. Anyway. Yeah, that's good. I give it my S. Even yeah. though even all the criticism that I just gave it, I really enjoyed it. You know what I, I think I liked the most was the um, Portland indie pop aesthetic. Oh, it did have that. I like Were that. they in Portland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like the whole like kind of like 90s indie pop grungy. Portland is so on the nose. Stuff. I'm almost surprised they chose that. Yeah. Unless that's specific to A.D. Bryant, which I don't think Or it maybe is. it's specific to the shrill novel. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's kind of overdone or not overdone, but just like so lampooned that we get it. You're right. Yeah. It's not like a, a hip. It would be cooler if it was like Detroit or something. Right. But like girls did it too with like Bushwick Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. 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 Burroughs. Flatbush or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Wherever New York. Let's talk Someone about, uh, let's talk about turn up Charlie. This okay. Is, Idris Elba's new Netflix show. Yes. Which is rightfully getting almost no attention whatsoever. For an A-list celebrity, he's not really getting any attention for his new show on Netflix. I think that's the only reason this show is on Netflix. Not to spoil my thoughts. On oh, that. I think that he is the driving force behind this show. Yeah. Because it's autobiographical. Yeah. Because before he was a famous celebrity, he was a DJ. Oh, actually? Yes. 
He's like a Coachella tenured DJ, which is why it's even more frustrating when he's like, I think your gain is really good on that track, man. And he's just like faking stupid DJ lingo. Right. But, but, oh, so he's not. Can I just say my Idris Elba impression was better than I had expected it to be. It's not I, bad. When I went for it. It's not bad. It, what, what you just did was better than Idris Elba trying to do an American accent on The Office. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was okay. But I know his American accent on The Wire was amazing, but The Office it was so off. I think because he, he was trying, to, he wasn't like gangster. Like he he could do like, you know, it's almost like we could probably do Cockney better than we could do like a straight up. Yeah, it's more accent. subtle to yeah. just be like a regular guy working in an office. Yeah, and so I I couldn't buy quite as much. I, I maybe just kind of phoned it in because it was just four episodes on a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also fair. Uh, okay. Yeah, he wasn't being too method on it. Not so much. Uh, okay, so you are going to recap Turn Up Charlie in three, two, one, go. Charlie is a struggling DJ, mostly just plays weddings, but he, back in the day, had, uh, I guess, some songs. He's kind of like a washed up uh, DJ. And he gets an opportunity to go to uh, a famous pop star played by Piper Parabos, housed for whatever reason. And uh, he's going to, I think, record for her, ends up kind of bonding with her child. And uh, he gets enlisted to be her babysitter, and she famously torments all her babysitters. And so now he's a struggling DJ slash babysitter. Yeah. And I realize now, now that I've said it, he's there because he's childhood friends with Piper Parabo's husband, right. who is now a movie star. Who is Piper Parabo? She's a character actress. Okay. Uh, so, so she's like, they're like Tom Hiddleston and Sia. She's like a pop star slash like artiste. Mm-hmm. And he's like a British movie star. I'm not missing something else. Tom Hiddleston and Sia aren't together, are they? No. Okay. But that's who they are, <laughs> right. kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, 100%. Uh, and he is childhood friends with him. And so he goes over and there's this big, beautiful house. And he kind of bonds with the kid who's too smart for her own good. She's like, I don't know, nine. Mm-hmm. But she seems 13. And she's like a little shit disturber. But she's also kind of... Uh, she just wants love and is yeah, putting she's their neglected. Parents. Yeah. Um, and other than that... It is the age-old narrative trope of uh, man, boy, child, like man, boy mm-hmm. has to bond with a child to become a man. Right. She's helping me grow up. That's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm getting more opportunities because I'm with her famous parents and. Well, it's like macho guy becomes yeah. is is out of his league as a childcare professional is also a cliche. When you said autobiographical. Did you mean Idris Elba actually was a DJ at one point? Yes, that's exactly what That's I mean. actually true. He is a Coachella tenured DJ. I had no idea about that. Because he was, wasn't famous until he was 40, right? Right. Yeah, that's what he And it was doing. because he was on the ones and twos at like nightclubs. Yes, and acting, like raving. I guess. I mean, he was Whoa. on 40s a stretch because he was on The Wire. But yeah, he, that's like he's made a lot of money doing DJ. Wow. Cool. Yeah. He's got more money than you and I put together. I bet. I bet he does. We'll guess. Uh, thoughts on the kid actor? Yeah, I like everything was kind of just okay. Like she was, she was fine. I could see her being a, a huge star in the future. She's only like nine, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But I there's thought it was weak. I thought the writing was weak. I thought the show super was super compelling. The show was deep beneath Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must have pitched it to him, and he's like, "Oh, I get to play DJ." 
maybe it's maybe it's that or maybe he's just kind of like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks like he's he's people's sexiest man alive right now and right. he's going to be in the suicide squad reboot right and like he's just doing a lot to make sure to ensure himself as like one of the biggest stars in the world mm-hmm. um because he's also had a few misfires like the the matthew mcconaughey stephen king the gunslinger thing right whatever yeah. that was called yeah yeah uh, that was a huge dark tower dark tower is a huge bomb yeah so he's not like I don't he's know not if he, picking carefully enough. Well, I don't know if he can open a movie. Yeah. I, I don't really know if he alone can it, can carry it, which I guess kind of calls into question whether or not he is an A-lister. Everyone knows who he is, mm. but I don't I don't know if he is a movie opening star. Right. Is he? So maybe he's just doing this to like be be uh undeniable, to be ever present. Right. If he's everywhere, then they can't not enough bad reviews will shut him down does that make sense or maybe he like doesn't he's like i gotta get it while i can because it it took me till i was 40 to he's like the opposite of john ham kind of maybe maybe it's that well the other thing is like matthew mcconaughey had a lot of bombs ryan reynolds is a better example ryan reynolds had a lot of bombs mm. he didn't stick until he was 40 fair yeah everyone knew who he was and yep. he probably could open a movie but he had a lot of shit in the locker before yeah. he made a thing which made him like untouchable well even outside of deadpool he's still not like he's in the hitman's bodyguard and they're having a sequel true oh yeah he's he's got very few successes yeah two guys a girl in a pizza place but he's so uh just likable i guess mm-hmm. he's just like good pop culturally mm-hmm. yeah is there anyone else like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> um yeah i don't i wasn't wasn't a fan of the show not a single laugh, and I think it, it got poor reviews, and I think it deserves that. It was boring. Yeah. It was boring. It was a half an hour. It was 24 minutes long. Yeah. And I was dull. And oh, you it was were, dull. You knew every step it was going to take. Oh, not a surprise in the yeah. thing. No. Like, it would have been crazy if someone got shot at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been like crazy. The da- but the parents are just dead now? Well, the other thing is, like, he he's not Hugh Grant in About a Boy who is living off the royalties of his dad, who was a one hit wonder and has, and doesn't have to have a job. So he has this sweet flat and can just like sleep with women and, and right. be a, a man child. Yeah. He's not that he lives in his mom's loft. Mm-hmm. Like he has a crappy apartment, but he does like sleep with a lot of women, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cause he's Idris Elba and he's handsome, but like something doesn't add up about like, like 48 year old DJ being right. at all appealing still trying yeah it it also doesn't um it it wasn't like speaking of another movie it wasn't like that jason bateman movie with jennifer aniston where they the switch have a kid yeah was it the switch i even thought that that movie was good it was the movie was good played out but it was good well it is a little boy bonds with a man story but a little bit of a fresher plot, I guess. But. Well, yeah, the premise was he was the biological father and yeah. didn't know it, right? Right. Yeah. But still, it was uh, the whole story was, oh my gosh, at the end, you're my actual dad. Right. And, and you could tell all along because they were both like neurotic. The exact same, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. I don't give it my ass. Neither do I. All right. But we give Shrill our ass. I, th- I thought Shrill was really good. I S enjoyed it. Shrill. Uh, are your headphones working right now? Yeah, I've always only got this one working. I have you on a different uh, pot right now. Your volume is coming from a different place. Do you have enough volume? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm fine. Uh, okay, so uh, this is, uh, I haven't warned you about this. Uh, 
But a friend of mine who is one of our most loyal listeners of the podcast and is a house guest of mine right now, and you just <gasps> met her for the first time, she suggested mm-hmm. that because you and I talk a lot of shit on this podcast, and sometimes we don't know what we're talking about. That's not true. <laughs> true. No, it's never been true. We always know. Full research. No. Occasionally, uh, as a person with a different POV, she can offer a little clarity on some of the things we've talked about. Okay. And so she has created a segment for our podcast. <laughs> Which we can pilot test right now. Like errors and omissions? Well, it's kind of like a fact check thing. Okay, sure. Yeah. So you remember last week when we were talking about, uh, why were we talking about defibrillators? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, because I was, we were talking about CPR course, maybe. Right. And So we said a bunch of stuff about defibrillators. defibrillators. That's not true. No, you said a lot of stuff about defibrillators. That's not true. I think. Oh, geez. Because why didn't you speak up then? Well, I was you. You were so convinced uh, that defibrillators never work. Is this what what she's calling us out on? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Because I thought you said like, yeah, a friend told me defibrillators only work like ten percent of the times, and I was like, well, it's just that they're it's they that they're more. they're shown in movies to be like this. We're losing him. Get the defibrillator, right? And that that what I was saying is that's really not what what. That doesn't. That, that's not how it goes. Right. And uh, that is true, but I didn't really know the background behind that. Okay. And my friend Jade was able to clarify some of that, and so she sent in a little voice memo that I'm going to share with us right now. Oh, excellent. And I've produced it. I've jazzed it up a little, put a little mustard on it. <laughs> so they're going to be like like triangle playing in the background or something? Yeah, something, something to that effect. So, okay. uh, uh, all right, so this is, here we go. In service of the show show listener, this is Jade Explains a Thing. So I did not think that the first thing that I would be explaining to you is how a defibrillator works, but a defibrillator is not something that you use in place of CPR, and it is not intended to bring people magically back to life the way that it does in the movies. A defibrillator is a machine that registers an electric shock to the body when somebody's heart is stuck in an irregular pattern or fibrillating. And what a defibrillator does is it sends a shock to your heart and it is intended to stop it because a fibrillating heart cannot be saved by CPR and a stopped heart could be saved by CPR. They're not mutually exclusive things. You do CPR and then you defibrillate if necessary and then you continue CPR afterwards to try to keep the person alive. A defibrillator will not shock a person if their heart is not fibrillating. So if it is stopped or if it is beating regularly, it doesn't register a shock. This has been Jade Explains a Thing. So that's helpful. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's can, pretty helpful. Can Jade explain a thing every week? I'm sure she'd be happy to do that. <laughs> okay, sweet. <laughs> she doesn't have other things going on. What would it be next week, do you think, that she could take Some, from her this week? Something podcast? we were wrong about, probably. Hopefully something you were wrong not about. Possible. So, so it's not always not me. Possible. So it's not always an attack on me. I'm not making such egregious claims throughout the entire <laughs> podcast. You're right. <laughs> I really ran my trap. You are so confident in the claims that you make. I don't know. You make it sound like I was like screaming at you about defibrillators. That's the way I felt right. when I got in my car and let a couple tears. <laughs> Why do you come over here? <laughs> because of that, you give me a free cider every week. That is true. Every single time. That's your payment. <laughs> you trick me. You text me. You say, "Hey, man, no podcast this week, but come over for a cider." And I come up, and then. By the time it's gone, you're like, all right, podcast time. Come on over. We're just going to chat like friends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, and then you say, no, I'm using this for profit. Yeah. All our sponsors are going to know. Well, okay. I love Jade Explains a Thing. That, and you did jazz it up. You jazzed it up just right. I put a little mustard on it for mm-hmm. sure. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in Definitely Will, keep that back. In Will Smith news, mm-hmm. he is doing this, I'm trying something new all the time, Facebook show. Okay. I don't know what the show is called. Uh, okay. And so uh, this week on Will Smith, he trained for a half marathon in three weeks. Okay. Which is not enough time to train for a half marathon. No, he's in phenomenal shape anyway. Is he though? Well, he was. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I I guess he probably in the past has been in phenomenal shape. But Definitely. Like, well, I don't know though, because I think the standard for how phenomenal your shape has to be in movies has really elevated since the the like the heyday of superhero movies. And I think the best way to illustrate that is the evolution of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. I th- sure. I think that like once upon a time, you certainly had to have like big pectoral muscles. Right. But I don't think you had to be a perfect specimen right when he was super famous in the 90s i'm sure he was in great shape okay and now explain uh, me then you're an exception <laughs> and you're special in many ways okay uh thank you and now i don't think the i can't remember the last time we saw will smith with a shirt on mm-hmm. so the fact that he trained for a half marathon in three weeks doesn't seem right what was the vampire movie he was in huh the you know, there was like a not a vampire movie but um it was like a zombie movie. Okay. It was him and a dog. I am legend. I am legend. Thank you. He was jacked in that. Really? But I don't know if that was actually him. No, I don't know either. It could have just been CGI and steroids. Maybe it was. Do you trust someone that gets their muscle artificially? Oh, I, I definitely trust such a person. I don't trust a person. You know what? I don't trust a person who can train for a half marathon in three weeks. And I almost don't trust a person who does a half marathon. Could you imagine the show is like him being like, how do I do it? Steroids. <laughs> it just shows <laughs> just, him like a bathroom stall. He's just so open about it. Yeah. He's like, if, I mean, if you want to do it in three weeks, I'm showing you the way. But that would be the honesty that I would appreciate. We're not getting that. We're not going to get that. So I never trust Will Smith. And that's why you never trust Will Smith. Will Smith.